Hello, reporters for The Morning Post, and welcome to Circuit Court Entertainment, where we look at how history and law affect all forms of media. And today, we're taking a break from our more legal episodes to celebrate Valentine's Day. Sort of. And delayed. I decided to watch two different rom-coms and examine what changed between the time they were made and remade. Honestly, I had a great time, and this may end up being a somewhat regular feature. In the meantime, I'm trying to figure out how to do this, so forgive any awkward parts. After evaluating a few different movies, I picked my dad's suggestions. So today, we are examining His Girl Friday and Switching Channels. Both movies are based on a 1928 play, The Front Page, which entered public domain this year. The plot is about a newspaper reporter, Hildy, who's trying to quit to get married, but his, yes, his, editor refuses to let him go. And when a convicted cop killer escapes, Hildy is the only one there to report on it. Not helping is the fact that it soon becomes clear that the killer's crime was more sympathetic than people were told, and the trial was just for re-election points. And by the end of it, the only way out is to ask the editor for help. It has been adapted several times, but we are going to look at the two versions almost 50 years apart. The movies, His Girl Friday in 1940 with Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell, also in the public domain, and the 1988 version, Switching Channels, with Christopher Reeve, Burt Reynolds, and Kathleen Turner. Both have roughly the same plot as the play itself, with a few changes. In both versions, the Hildy character is a woman, and the ex-wife to the editor. She is a new fiancé she met recently, a boring but not necessarily bad man. She was known as a top-tier reporter, always ready to get the story done, and with the editor as her husband, they got along like a house on fire. Sure, they got the story, better than anyone else, but it also damaged everything. She complains about how they didn't have a honeymoon, just covered some news stories. He doesn't care what happens as long as they get the story. She shows up at the paper to retire, but the editor wheedles her and her fiancé to get lunch, gets her to do one last interview to stop the execution of the cop killer, and maybe stop this fiancé guy from taking her away. In the end, Hildy realizes she loves the newspaper, and the editor, too much and leaves her wet blanket fiancé behind. That's in both versions, though the play ended with Hildy leaving with his fiancé, though the editor pulling one last trick to keep him in town by getting him arrested for stealing something that he, the editor, actually gave Hildy as a gift. But that got me thinking. With almost 50 years between His Girl Friday and Switching Channels, what changes? I'll be ignoring any obvious changes such as different cast or one is black and white and the other is in color. The first major change is the profession. His Girl Friday has them working for a daily paper that had morning and evening editions, as was typical at the time. While Switching Channels has them as a TV reporter and editor, for a 24-hour news channel like CNN under Totally Not Ted Turner. The crime that the felon will be executed for changes too. While it is always murder, the play has it as him being railroaded. He insists he's an anarchist, not a communist. And while it's a bit unclear why he did it, 
That's because no one is listening to him. His Go Friday has the murderer be possibly insane. He lost his job, found a gun, and the next thing anyone knew, he shot a black cop. And in switching channels, his son was addicted to drugs and died via an overdose. In his grief, he murdered the dealer who turned out to be either an undercover cop or one dealing on the side. Hildy's interview is different in both versions. In his Go Friday, she is almost leading him on, cutting him off while asking questions and focusing on other aspects to help shape her story, though she is still sympathetic. In Switching Channels, our lead mostly listens and asks more neutral but still kind questions. Hildy's fiancé has some fun similarities and differences. In both versions, they offer Hildy a sedate life where she can settle down, have kids, not have to deal with adrenaline and deadlines and just general chaos. In His Girl Friday, he's a life insurance salesman, though also in His Girl Friday, the editor isn't helping matters by deliberately manipulating events so he gets arrested several times, such as for counterfeit money and the editor has his mother be briefly kidnapped. The fiancé's job in switching channels is a CEO of a sports equipment company, and a subplot about his mother playing chaperone is cut, since, well, chaperones are not really needed in the 1990s, especially for airplane trips versus the original's sleeping train cars. Also, the fiancé is a more genuine option. You get why they would fall for each other. 1988, Christopher Reeve, playing a business executive, is completely charming. And their breakup at the end is not because the editor is actively getting him arrested, but more her realizing she can't really leave the news industry, and the fiancé doesn't understand it. And while Burt Reynolds' editor is still unscrupulous, the relationship between the two is more solidly of two equals with less manipulation to keep her on staff. About a quarter of the way through the movie, Hildy tells a story of the editor signing a contract as Peter Rabbit to show how unscrupulous he can be. When her fiancé asks about it later, the editor explains the contract was Hildy's, and she laughed when it happened. While Hildy and his girl Friday definitely was the only one who could keep up with the editor, he still did manage to talk circles around her at certain points. And while at the end of the movie she has the option to at least find a new paper, she now has consigned herself to this life being hers forever. When the movie is about to end and they are discussing their honeymoon, the editor hears about a news story in Albany and talks about having their honeymoon in Albany while she just gives a strained smile. In Switching Channels, we see her previous work on screen instead of it being glossed over in the rapid dialogue on top of her negotiation to get the story and the genuine respect from her co-workers. Plus, they do actually get their honeymoon, until a volcano erupts while he looks gleeful at the new story. She's just frustrated. Speaking of her co-workers, it's really interesting how the reporters are seen. The original play was written by ex-reporters, so a certain amount of both respect and mockery can be expected. But its portrayal is both the same and vastly different. Early on in His Girl Friday, we meet the other reporters, and they are all, well, they are bloodthirsty, manipulative, at best skew events for their paper's local politics, and at worst, blatantly lie. When the warden comes in to hang out tickets for the hanging to the reporters, 
they ask for it to be at a different time so it could be in the paper. When the prisoner escapes, one paper would talk about how an army of communists came in to rescue him. While in actuality, he was handed a gun for purposes of seeing if he was mentally competent to be hung, and then he ran off. In the movie, they called it a stupid move to give him a gun, too. Which gets to the escape attempt. His go Friday is what I sent. He gets a gun from the warden, runs off, ends up in the newsroom with Hildy, who is the only one who tried to care, and then is hidden in a roll-top desk that Hildy and her editor stuff him into while everyone else is out. In switching channels, the prisoner is set to be killed via electric chair. After Elite's interview, people push for a pardon. So the warden pushes up the execution when it becomes clear the governor will pardon him, and he'll have an excuse saying it wasn't out yet. To help smooth things over, the warden declares it will be the first broadcasted execution via electric chair. The reporters are more than willing to stop asking questions. But the equipment causes a blown fuse, and the convicted man uses a pen he stole from Hildy to escape. He runs across Hildy's path, and she eventually smuggles him to a copy machine to buy time until the pardon comes through. Before we get to the last major change, there is one more major female character in the movie. Molly, who in his girlfriend was a witness. She says she just saw him wandering around and took him in. A prostitute in the play and his lawyer in Switching Channels, who may or may not be in love with him. His girl Friday Molly's denied it, and when the literal lawyer reunites with him in Switching Channels, they kiss. It's weird. They also attempt suicide in all versions because the newspaper is being bloodthirsty and the other reporters are getting too close to the prisoner's hiding place. While both survive, Switching Channels actually shows her moving, the EMTs taking care of her, and her getting wheeled off. So let's get back to what I've been circling around. The reporters and their interplay with local politics. Both Hisco Friday and Switching Channels are very biting when it comes to their criticism of the media. News reporters will lie, or at least wildly bend the truth to fit their goals. They will abandon impartiality if it means getting ratings. If it bleeds, it leads, after all. At the same time, the politicians will exploit the news to get re-elected. The prisoner is on death row because the election is in a few days, and both the sheriff and mayor are aware that proving they are tough on crime would get them a lot of votes. In the original, it was a black policeman who dies before the story starts, so they were angling for the black vote. In Switching Channels, it was to show they are a law and order candidate. And when the prisoner escapes... They can't be shown at fault for any of this, despite the known reprieve from the governor. In his go Friday, the mayor and the warden attempt to bribe the person delivering the stay of execution to say that they didn't deliver it. It fails as the guy is a bit of an idiot and keeps on trying to do his job, but gets so distracted he ends up doing it anyway in front of Hildy and her editor. And in switching channels, they are aware the governor is probably about to announce a pardon due to Hildy's interview, so they decide to move it up slash hunt the prisoner down with lethal force as long as they have plausible deniability. It fails here too, but because Hildy and her editor manages to record them yelling at Hildy about the plans to get the prisoner killed. As you can see, this story also says that the media is one of the few organizations that can hold the government to task. 
When the execution is set to go forward because it will look good for the voting in a few days, it is reporters who manage to hold it back. This is even more blatant in switching channels. The editor and his girl Friday is widely acknowledged by everyone to be doing this to keep Hildy on staff and to scoop the other papers. The editor and Hildy in switching channels have more scruples, are at least partially doing this because it's the right thing to do, and also because the ratings would be great, and the most illegal thing they do in this story is trying to help an escaped prisoner survive until a pardon, versus in His Girl Friday, where the editor gets the fiancé arrested several times in order to keep Hildy there. As for what caused these changes, well, I'm looking... Journalistic ethics have clearly been, well, attempted to be tightened, but I think I may have figured it out. In 1922, Moorfield's story and Frederick L. Allen published two articles in the Atlantic Monthly, discussing the fine line between story and sensationalism and unintended but constant biases that can creep into a news reporting such as descriptions that change to people's backgrounds and expectations for what they are covering. Newspapers have to be able to support themselves. And boy howdy, does blood and scandal sell. At the same time, what good is it for the readers if they just read about scandals? Not that they don't have their place, but there is a large difference between, for example, a CEO having an affair and the mayor getting kickbacks from an infrastructure company. And it sounds like the editors had a major reckoning of this, because of World War I. News reporters of the past and present still grapple with the same issues that started in World War I. They couldn't divulge too much information, or it could have been used by spies. The Home Office may use newspapers for propaganda. At the same time, the public needs to be informed of what is going on. Editors around the country agreed and began to create the first society of editors with a code of ethics, the American Society of News Editors. And a fraternity focused on journalism at DuPont University had a code of ethics dating back to 1909, but expanded it in 1926 as the fraternity expanded in size to cover more parts of the country. These were voluntary, but did expand. The front page, the play that both of these movies are based on, was published by retired newspaper reporters in 1928. The authors would have retired as the Code of Ethics became more established. By the time of His Girl Friday in 1940, there was enough of a change that the opening of the movie had a disclaimer about how it takes place back when reporters would do anything for a story. In 1960, the DePa fraternity became a professional society later renamed the Society for Professional Journalists. They invited women in 1969 and in 1973 revised their code of conduct for the first but not last time. The American Society of News Editors had a similar trajectory happening during this time as well. During this time, TV news was expanding but didn't get a major foothold until 1950. While it's always possible to lie and obfuscate the news, The live broadcast at the time would allow less obfuscation through its very nature. Live interviews and reportings couldn't be trimmed or edited for biases the way a written interview could. During the next few decades, TV and paper to an extent proved its worth as it tackled McCarthyism, Vietnam, 
the civil rights movement, and other events live. You can see how much the U.S. relied on news reporters being accurate by the time switching channels came about in 1988 in the late Reagan era. Newspapers still need to sell in order to survive, and are struggling in the internet age. In these days, even though crime is at an all-time low, while paranoia, fueled by true crime podcasts, live streams, and sensationalist news, is at an all-time high. Even with all the work on the ethics of reporting, if it bleeds, it leads, is still quite common. I do want to talk more about history, and I fully admit this is me piecing it all together, and I could be wrong. But when comparing the two movies, one of the things that struck me was for how similar the plots were, the journalism showcased was of wildly different calibers. In fact, there really was just one thing linking the two eras. Both versions made a point to complain about the communist Russians. Thank you for listening to Circuit Court Entertainment. If you found this episode interesting, please tell others as this is a new podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review on all the major podcast services. You can find me on Twitter at CCEPod and Tumblr at Circuit Court Entertainment. This episode was written, edited, and recorded by me, Mina. The script was edited by C.J. Peterson and Carrie. Podcast art by Empress Cirque on Twitter. Thank you for your time, and I hope to hear from you soon.